Thanks for downloading or purchasing this sermon from Christchurch Forward. To find out more, visit forwardchurch.co.uk or join us on Sundays. Psalm 142 A school of David when he was in the cave, a prayer. I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who know my way. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge, no one cares for my life. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison, that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Let's pray together. Our Father in heaven, In these difficult days, we thank you that there is a place of true refuge. Please help us to understand your word and to be a people who run to the place of true safety. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. It's been two weeks now since our Prime Minister Boris Johnson appeared on our TV screens and made that announcement which drastically changed our world. It's been two weeks since we've had to go into lockdown, Uh, two weeks of of pressure and uncertainty and anxiety and for many of us, great loneliness. And as we look back over these last two weeks, what have we been doing with the pressure? As the pressure has come on us, where have we been running to for escape, for for refuge, for safety? Perhaps for some of us, we've been running to our politicians looking for leaders to take us through the crisis. There's a reason why 27 million of us tuned in to watch Boris Johnson as he gave that announcement. Perhaps for others of us, uh, we've been turning to the experts, to the kind of people who can build ventilators and erect a hospital out of nowhere in 10 days. To our wonderful NHS workers who are doing such a wonderful job for us. Maybe for others, we've been turning to stockpiling. I heard this week that we've bought more food in these last two weeks than we bought over the entire Christmas season last year. Maybe for others, we've been looking to entertainment. Netflix told us last week that they've had to reduce the definition of their online streaming service because so many of us are binging on box sets at home that we've broken the internet Or maybe some of us are looking for something stronger. One supermarket announced this week that they are lifting the restrictions on the amount of goods people can buy, except on four items. Three of them we can probably guess. Lural, hand sanitizers, tin goods. But the fourth one, alcohol. 
as a nation, we've been self-medicating our anxiety by drinking the shelves dry at home. What about you? This last week or so, where have you been running when the pressure comes on? Where has been your refuge? As we turn to Psalm 142, we find that David is a man who's also under pressure. We know this straight away from the heading. Look down with me. A masculine of David when he was in the cave. Now, I know for, for some people, uh, caves are good places. Perhaps you love heading up into the Peak District and spending a day down some um, damp, dark, dangerous hole. But for most normal people, caves are not good places and they weren't good for David. David was only in the cave because his life was under threat. The king of Israel had been hating and hunting him for some time and he'd been running for his life and now he had come to his last scrap of cover, this cave. He was a man who was incredibly desperate right up against it. And as we read through the psalm, we discover more of why he was under pressure. So look at the end of verse 3. In the path where I walk, men have hidden a snare for me. You would use a snare to trap and kill a wild animal. It takes planning and secrecy. And David realises that there are people out there who are planning secretly to trap and kill him. What a thought that is, living with that thought in his life. He's a man under pressure, running for his life. The king hates him. Men are trying to snare him. And all of this happens while he's completely alone. Look at verse 4. Look to my right and see, no one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I read the results of a survey that Age UK have done over the last three years. They've been following 3,000 people living in England. And they've been noticing a link between loneliness and other issues. Often there's a link between loneliness and depression and anxiety amongst many people. And so it's no wonder that the actress Anne Hathaway once said that loneliness is my least favourite part of life. And yet here is David, under great pressure, running for his life, and he's all alone. No one cares. And here we are this last week, An enemy is out on the streets. We've been forced into a corner. We've been backed into our homes. We cannot leave. And my guess is that for some of us, we felt incredibly lonely. We wondered if anyone understands what we're going through, if anyone cares about what happens to us, it makes the pressure 10 times worse. David is a man under pressure. But notice next that David is a man with a plan. Look look at verse 1. He says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out my complaint before him. Before him, I tell my trouble. Here, David is basically saying the same things four different ways. He's saying, I'm going to take my pressure and I'm going to pour out my heart to God in prayer. That's his plan. And it's going to be raw. It's going to be unedited. The prayer is just going to tumble out. David is going to tell it like it is. That's his plan. 
I heard this week that um, one uh, internet video conferencing provider has announced that their share price has risen by 40% in two weeks because millions of new people have signed up because we're desperate to keep in touch during this crisis. On my road, a bunch of our neighbours have got together and we formed a WhatsApp group so that we can communicate and care for one another. And it's been wonderful to see how these last few weeks, our neighbours have been starting to communicate in ways they never used to talk together before. There's no doubt that this crisis has got people talking. But has it got us talking to God? David's plan, under pressure, he's going to pour out his heart to God. And then David does something that so many of us intend to do, but so often fail to get around to actually doing. David prays. Look at verse five. I cry to you, O Lord. I say, you are my refuge my portion in the land of the living. It happened nearly 11 years ago, but I can still remember it like it was yesterday. We were on holiday way up in the highlands of Scotland and we had one of those freak heat waves where the sun came out and the air was warm and humid. I remember one breakfast, we were sitting outside and it was so hot that I climbed under the picnic table and I tried to, to find shade from the, from the blazing sun in the highlands of Scotland. It was a wonderful week until the storm came. We had gone for a long walk up in the hills. And when we crested one ridge, we realised we were in trouble. We looked across and we saw a big bank of black clouds marching across the blue sky. Uh, we turned around immediately and we powered walk back towards our car. We were several miles away. The storm broke just before we got back. We were several hundred yards short and it came with a vengeance. The, the, the temperature dropped, the winds picked up into a frenzy. There was torrential rain and hail and out in the open, the, the thunder and lightning sounded 10 times worse. I remember sprinting to the car, fumbling for my keys in my pocket, trying to get the door open. And then I remember closing the door back on me sinking into the seat, soaked but safe, relieved to have found a refuge in the storm. I remember sitting back in the car for an hour or so. It was too wet to drive, just letting the storm uh, crash around us, completely safe. It's a wonderful thing to find a refuge in the storm. And David has found his refuge, not in a cave, not in a car or even in a change of circumstances. No, he'd found his refuge in a relationship with the one true living God. And that is why he cried out, I say, you are my refuge. Well, look at how he puts it in verse six. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. David knew that in the Lord, he had someone who was stronger than anyone else. In the Lord, he had found his true refuge, someone who could really change the day, someone he could really rely on. And we know that in history, God did answer David's prayer. God did rescue David from the cave and from the king. In fact, God made David king of Israel himself. And God brought him to that day when David's longings 
came about. Look at verse 7. Set me free from my prison, that I might praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. God answered the prayer. And as king, righteous people gathered around David. He was freed from his enemies. And if David were alive today, surely he would say to us, when we face our pressures, he would say to us, run, run to your true refuge. There is a God who cares. When you pray to him, he hears you. There is a God who is more powerful than any of our politicians or experts. There is a God who is able to provide for you in better ways than a fridge full of food. There is a God who can bring you peace in far greater ways than binging on Netflix or drinking a bottle of wine. Run to your true refuge. Pour out your heart to God. He can rescue you. He can step in and save the day. In your pressure, cry out to the Lord. But for us here today, we have an even greater reason than David had to run to our true refuge. You see, because David's experience of being rescued from the cave, well, in many ways, it was just a warm-up act for the real thing. Because many centuries later, an even greater king than King David walked on this earth, the Lord Jesus Christ. And when he came to earth, he offered us a greater refuge. I want to read again those words from Matthew 11 that we began our service with. Jesus says, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Jesus here is offering us something even better than physical protection, although he he can offer us that. He's offering us here rest for our souls. On this Palm Sunday, we look forward to the great events of the Easter weekend. On Good Friday, we look forward to the death of Jesus. And on the cross, he offers anyone who turns to him forgiveness of all our sins. And then on Easter Sunday, as we remember his resurrection, we remember the great gift he offers us the gift of eternal life. And that is why he can say to us, come to me, I offer you rest for weary souls, forgiveness for all your sins, the guarantee of eternal life. And one day, if we run to him for our true refuge, he will come back and he will gather us around and he will comfort us and he will keep us safe. There'll be no viruses, there'll be no enemies, no sickness, no sorrow, no death, nothing to fear, and no loneliness in God's presence in the new creation. Run to your true refuge. Helen Rosevere was a doctor who spent much of her life uh, living and working in the Congo, She helped to build hospitals and she supported local churches. And at one point in her life, a terrible civil war broke out in the country. The violence spread right across it and eventually it came to her. They were terrible days. 
The hospital where she worked was ransacked. The church building where she was part of things was destroyed. And many Christians were, were beaten. Some even were killed. They were certainly scattered far and wide. It was a desperate time. Eventually, the fighting stopped. Peace returned. And gradually, the Christians were able to gather again. And Helen records what happened when they had their first meeting back together again. Uh, they prayed a prayer, and I quote, All the church monies have been taken. All the chairs and tables destroyed. But we have one piece of wealth left. Our salvation, the only true wealth that no man can take from us. Our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Helen and her friends, they had lost everything that the world prizes and clings on to. And yet they were able to say, we are truly rich. And they could say that because they had run to their true refuge. They had run to Jesus. They had, re they had received the salvation that he gives. And they were left unshaken, even under tremendous pressure. What about us? Where are we running to you when the pressure comes on? What might it look like for us this week to run to our true refuge? Well, here are some thoughts. Perhaps this week, whether we are on our own or with our housemates or our families, why not take a few minutes to sit down with a pen and some paper and write down all the things that are causing us to feel under pressure. All our worries, our concerns, our fears about the future, our financial problems, our loneliness, whatever it is, write them down, be honest, be detailed and specific. And then having written them down, run to your true refuge by praying to our Heavenly Father, the one who cares, the one who is with us, the one who is able to help us now and the one who can give us rest to weary souls. Run to our true refuge. That's one thing you could do. Maybe for others of us, we should think about what we do last thing at night and first thing in the morning. Many of us um, check our phones as we drift off to sleep or when we first wake up, we flick on our phones again. There's been so much happening in the news that um, we're, we're desperate to find out the, the latest updates. And as we flick on our phones, our, our minds are buzzing with all kinds of things swirling around in the world. Much better, I think, to start and end the day with God's word. This week, uh, instead of flicking on the phone, why not read a psalm? Maybe Psalm 142 and remind yourself where your true refuge is. Maybe for others of us this week, uh, we would do well to think about how we are using our downtime. One friend of mine about two weeks ago said to me that he was looking forward to the next uh, spell um, because he thought that he'd have much more free time to read God's word and to pray. He's looking forward to it. But I've talked to many people and that's not been our experience these last two weeks. Our minds have been so busy. Yes, we might have um, more free time in the evenings, but how are we using our discretionary time? Are we simply flicking on the TV and sinking into Netflix or seeking some kind of escape? 
why not spend this week thinking about how we use our time in this crisis? And if we're not doing it, spend time running to our true refuge. For others of us, we would do well to think about the things that we are missing most. In these strange times that we live in, so much of what we take for granted in life has been stripped away from us. We can't go out and do the things that we're used to. And I know many of you are finding it very difficult. What are the things that you miss most? Is it a hobby or a holiday? Is it the gym or some gastro pub? Is it the coffee house or the cinema? Maybe friends or family? These things in and of themselves may be very good, but if we have become reliant on them, if we've begun to look to them for our true refuge and security, then perhaps we'll miss them too much. This coming week, when we start to miss things, use that moment as an opportunity to run to your true refuge, to say to the Lord that you offer me a better protection, a better provision, a better peace than any other refuge in this life. We live in difficult times. I have no idea what will happen in the future. I have no idea what tears we will shed or where the troubles will come to us. But I do believe that we have a remarkable opportunity, an opportunity in these hard days to learn in new and fresh ways that the Lord really is our true refuge. And so may it be in these days that we run to him, that we run to our true refuge. Let me pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you that there is rest for weary souls. We thank you that in Christ we have a true refuge. Father, please help us to run to him this week, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to sing again. I think for many of us, this song will be a new one. It is a wonderful song. It's a song that takes us forward to the great events of the Easter weekend, the death and resurrection of Jesus. A song that reminds us why he is our true refuge and our true peace. <laughs>